Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a library podcast, school library, public library, whatever library you're in. Hopefully you find this useful. My name is Lucas Maxwell. I'm your host uh, today. I hope you're okay. Um, It's hot and the world is melting, but um, anyway, I'm going to talk today about fighting misinformation, which is something I do a lot in library lessons, and I'm kind of just going to walk through a library lesson that I do with ages 11 and 12 and it probably takes about 45 minutes but you can obviously tailor it to whatever you want and in the notes of the podcast there you'll see a link to the slides that I'll reference and the other things that I'll reference okay um so I just as I said I do this I get to meet them every two weeks and it's useful to try to help them help create responsible digital citizens and online citizens. I, th- I think a lot of them are savvier than maybe we give them credit for, but a lot of them think they're savvier than they are, so it makes sense. So it's hard to kind of gauge it. I find it hard to gauge. But um, I did um, talk about a few, a poll that I did with them, but I won't go through that right now um, because your students will be different, but I'll just go through this lesson. Um, really this lesson the purpose is just to educate them on how dangerous uh, misinformation, disinformation can be I use a program uh, called Nearpod N-E-A-R-P-O-D uh, it's free and I like it because everybody's on the same page and it's hard to explain it without kind of showing it but you don't need Nearpod to do this but um, I use it um, just because it allows for students to send you questions in real time via the program and then you can click a button and everybody's screen who's logged into Nearpod and to log in they just need a code there's no signing up or anything for them everybody's screen will freeze and that student's response if they're okay to share it will pop up on their screen and then you can discuss it so for students who maybe aren't keen to put their hands up who aren't keen to speak out loud you can kind of do that for them by sharing their input or just sharing it anonymously. You don't have to say their names even, which I think is amazing because it highlights some great responses that maybe you miss if you're in a classroom setting and you only see a certain number of students raise their hands. Uh, so I start off really simply by um, asking them why they think um, misinformation or why disinformation is created why are fake news stories created I don't really li- I kind of I sometimes try to avoid the term fake news um, in the US it has a different connotation I think in the UK to be honest because of certain people who use it over and over um, but it is something I do say every once in a while here so I kind of will use it interchangeably with disinformation um, I use a link from something called um, 30 seconds dot uh, org and again the link will be in the um, in the slides and stuff I'll put in the in the podcast notes but I try to get them to hit on a few things uh, the students often say fake news is created for a laugh for a joke which is can be true it can be a hoax it can be like a, a prank but I try to hit them on things like to get revenge maybe teach someone a lesson to shame someone obviously for political reasons to promote a certain idea to harm a business uh, competitor, to promote products. It it may be like fake products that 
are related to health uh, issues. But the number one reason, and they always, uh, my experience, students always get this, is that because it pays a lot of money. And it can pay a lot of money. If you think about the Alex Jones situation recently in the news, how much money he's been getting from misinformation, disinformation. Um, so then I asked, so once we get established that, so why it's created, I have those kind of six points. I then go into why do you think people share fake news or mis- or disinformation? And I, I, I do quit quiz them on the what's the difference between misinformation and disinformation right at the beginning. And just to get the point across that misinformation is when you share a, um, a story you think is uh, true or you think is realistic or funny maybe, but you don't realize that it's uh, not true. And disinformation is when you either create it yourself or you know something is not true and you share it anyway. And there's a great video that uh, I show, the series of actually three videos. Um, and it's from a, a comedian, a Canadian comedian actually. And it's it's called it's, the show is called Nathan For You. And it's a, it, all you need to do is go on YouTube and um, Google or you Google yeah, Google's on YouTube, right? Uh, go on YouTube and type in uh, uh, "pig saves goat," and this comedian named um, this comedian uh, created this fake video where they a pig saved a goat. So you can watch like the twenty second video and ask the students how how you think, um, how does it make you feel? Some students won't fall for it. It, it looks to me, it looks when I first saw it, I thought it was real. And then there's a video about how the length that he went to create it. He had to build an underwater track. He had to get scuba divers. He had to get an entire petting zoo on board. He had to bring in stunt pig, a movie pig, because the, the other pigs wouldn't, um, wouldn't go near the water. Um, he had to get everyone to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And, and it, he's done it in a funny way. So it's a very quick, like two, the next video is like two and a half minutes about how he did it. Then there's another video, the third one. So it's just called Petting Zoo Hero. If you, if you go on YouTube and look for Petting Zoo Hero. And it's about how it took off and how many uh, hundreds of thousands, I think it has millions of hits now, uh, of reactions it got in. It's shared on news stories and um, American news all over the world as well and how this pig became like a hero pig and it was all fake. And he didn't realize the how far it would spread. So it's a great example of misinformation and disinformation because he's created this uh, purposely just to see what would happen and then the newscasters are spreading misinformation because they think it's true uh and there's a great example on there where there's a u.s uh, talk show and there's one of the hosts there's like four of the hosts just sitting around because it's kind of like a light news story right it's one of those feel-good stories and one of the hosts kind of questions it and says how did this work how did this pig actually do it and the other hosts you know lightheartedly kind of make fun of her for questioning you know you're always you're always, you know, the Debbie Downer type thing. And it's really interesting to see. And I always point that out to them because that host is actually the one who is correct in kind of questioning it. And so I recommend showing that as a, as a good example. And again, I can put the links, the YouTube links in there as you want. So why do people share these stories? Again, one of them has to be they don't know it's real or they don't know it's uh, it's fake. And I want them to get into this idea that um, we sometimes tend to believe people we admire, including online personalities that may spread false information. Um, these f- fake stories, they, they play on our emotions. 
whether it's surprise, fear, disgust, or hatred, mainly fear, I think, is, is one. Um, therefore, we're more likely to share information around that we are we have this kind of knee-jerk reaction to. Um, back, I think it was 2016, maybe, maybe 2015 or 16, there was a very briefly, a very brief story about these killer clowns. And I know that in my hometown in in Canada, that was it took off. Um, people were, you know, all over Facebook. You know, if I see one of these clowns, and I thought it was hilarious. And there were students came into the library. Uh, again, this was must have been six, seven years ago now, and they were convinced that clowns had killed thirty people in Canada, and they wanted my reaction, like I was representing somehow representing Canada, you know, sir, did you hear about this? And I said, but it was a really good opportunity. I said, I don't think that's real. And it is real, you know, it was on the, and so we went on different sites and I was like, look, it's kind of, I'm sorry, but it's, there's not killer clowns. There might be people dressing up, but they're not killing people. And that, it was a big story. And there was something even in London about it. I know, I remember hearing about it. <laughs> and, um, um, so we talk about that, like fear, definitely. That was like, can you believe this? This kind of like shock reaction. That's why some people share it. So I wanted, we just talk about that. And to be honest, a lot of the students that I talk to, they say it gets shared because it's funny. And if they think something's funny, I think they'll share it. And they, because they just think, oh, um, you know, it's funny to me, and it might be harmless, quote unquote, to them. But um, this idea that they're just sharing things without questioning them is a bit worrying. So um, then we go into like, so what is the impact of all this? And again, I'm getting them to write answers down on the computer on the Nearpod program. But if you you could do it on scrap paper or just do a discussion, you could say, okay, what do you think the impact of, of this is, and give them two minutes in a, in a group or something. Um, so I want the discussion to include, you know, how that can actually impact your health if you're believing, um, you know, health information that's in, incorrect. Uh, it can trick you into spending your money. Um, online influencers peddling products that aren't real uh, or lifestyles that don't match reality. Um, it can spread, of course, racist, um, homophobic, um, misogynist ideas. Um, but most importantly, and this is from one of the students who said, this is from a 12-year-old, and she said it really, for me, it's about spreading fear, and that's what it does to me. It just makes me more afraid. And this was a time when... When I did this one, where there was a lot of talk about World War Three with Iran, you know, um, and it was scary for people, I think, and for everyone. But I, uh, I haven't heard that story for a while. But um, there's too many, you know, there's too many other things out there. We've got, um, we've got uh, drought, polio. Uh, what else is going on? You can't afford to live. Uh, it's, it's like, it's like uh, we're going back into medieval times and not the amazing. Uh, restaurant experience so i then show them a website um, which shows how a group called natural news who, who had three million facebook followers was banned from facebook for making a series of false health information uh, claims that included that health experts were avoiding looking for cures and things like cancer just in in order to make money which has never been proven um so then i just show them that like here's an example that three million people were like following this whether they believed it or not they were still giving these people a platform and it was pretty uh, unsettling i think so i then talk about what are the ways that they can spot a fake news story or, or spot a, a false information and, they, and they're pretty good with it but um there's um there's a harvard summer school website which has a great section on spotting fake news and 
I, I show that to them. Um, and basically, it's about vetting publishers' credibility, um, paying attention to the quality, like spelling errors, um, lots of all caps, dramatic punctuation, lots of question marks and exclamation points. Um, what do other sites say about it, of course? And we know about this stuff, but you'd be surprised that sometimes they, they don't. Um, so... Really, I just want them to have these questions on board. And again, there's many different things I do. So that's one. And that take them, again, that might not take a full 45. But um, the other thing I'll do is I have this, and again, I'll share all this stuff, but I have this uh, this poster. It's just a one page thing that I made. It's just called Real News. And it's just about, um, uh, it just is breaking news. There's lots of exclamation points, and there's lots of uh, <laughs> there's lots of different things about on it. So, um, what it is is a story about aliens kind of attacking the moon and things like that. And there's a lot of quotes from experts that aren't really named and stuff stuff like that. So, uh, again, I'll share all that stuff. But uh, you can print it off and get them to spot the inconsistency. So there's like a fake URL. Uh, there's an incorrect date, there's quotes, there's spelling mistakes, there's a lot of dramatic punctuation and things like that. You can use that uh, if you want. And there's tons of different ones that I do, and um, I'll go through another one as well. There's this great book called uh, Fact or Fiction, The Truth Behind Urban Myths, and I really enjoy it, and um, I use it all the time. It has these really cool urban myths that you can determine, yeah, it tells you the history behind them and if they're real or not and why they're real and why they're not real. Uh, I found it extremely useful in discussing the topics. Um, so what I do is I put eight statements on the whiteboard, all from the book. Only three of, the, of them are true. Uh, and I get students in groups of five to determine which three are true and explain what their reasoning. Uh, I then go through the answers and I read the excerpts from the book, which are short and full of humor and illustrations and very well written. Uh, after I did this, uh, this book did not return to the library very much. It was checked out constantly with a big waiting list, which was great to see. And I, I'm going to buy another copy because it kind of got uh, eaten up. Uh, not not literally, but uh, kind of destroyed a little bit. So the the things are like, and again, I'll, I'll provide this link with the poster. It's like uh, you can get sucked into an airplane's toilet while it's in midair. Um, you are taller in the morning than you are in the evening. A tooth left in a glass of Coca-Cola will dissolve overnight. Um, in ancient Egypt, they cut your nose off if you didn't pay your taxes. If you swallow chewing gum, it takes seven years to pass through your body. Camels store water in their humps. Uh, apple pips, uh, apple seeds uh, can poison you. And peeing on a jellyfish sting stops the pain. Um, I'll let you decide which ones you think are true. Big cliffhanger there for that. Uh, and then, so that is uh, a great one that they loved. Um, they really got into that and really surprised by the by the answers. So. It, it, it they really enjoyed that one and I would recommend doing that and the other one I do so I do a lot of these obviously and the other one I like to do is I get put them in groups of five at their tables and all I do is simply um, the same kind of thing I but I give each table a story and only one of the story they're all different stories and they're all from different news sites but they're all quite 
I usually try to provide humor. I'm not doing anything that's serious, really. In this, I don't want to alarm or scare or <laughs> disturb anybody. They're usually quite funny. Like there was one about a man who won the lottery, so he bought like five hundred thousand dollars worth of manure and uh, dumped it on his boss's front lawn. And of course, that's not true. Uh, but a, a woman who trained her cats to rob her neighbors and stuff like that, and they love them. They're funny. Some of them are quite, you know, out you know out there, lack of a better term. But they're really good, and I put them in groups of five. So there's about thirty kids, so about six tables, and they each get a story. And I say only the trick is you're all got these stories. You have to read through. One of them has one of you has to read it to your group, you know, and then you have to discuss. You have to look for this stuff, and I. It, at the top of the lesson, I would have kind of grilled them about looking for dramatic punctuation with, with like a flip chart. You know, these are the things, okay, that we should look for. Um, and uh, these are the types of things you can use, use to use your skills to spot these stories. And they really got into this and they are, you know, really invested, I find, in a, to walk around and listen to them kind of like debating and arguing which ones, which if they think they're, they've got the right story. Um, and how it works is I give each, I then stop the lesson, stop the discussion, uh, and then I say, okay, group one, go ahead. And they kind of um, will present their story to the group. So it's a little, they kind of stand up and they they, they go through. And I, I tell them this, they have to do a little presentation on a little. And some of them really get into it. They make little news, news stories out of it. Um, it's a lot of fun. And they say, here, this is where, this is the headline. This is the, the source. You know, they need to name these things. Who, you know, and then they go through, like, well, who's the reporter? Well, it's not named. Oh, okay. Was that a red flag for you? Well, I guess so, yeah. You know, what else did you spot? Well, they kept using the exclamation points. There's a spelling mistake here, et cetera, et cetera. And then I get them to vote. And I get the teachers to, I get the teachers involved too, because the te English teachers who are in are not uh, used to this, uh, or not, maybe not, just haven't done them. So they don't know which one is real and which one isn't really. So they have to guess. And I try to make it hard. There was one about, Oh, I think it was. Um, I think it was about uh, zoo owners who took a took a bear out for ice cream, and they all got fired. And that ended up being true, and no one believed it. And there was another one that was true on a different lesson I ran, where a woman's car was completely encased in bees. And I tried to find the images, of course, and um, of course they didn't believe that, but uh, <laughs> it was true and stuff like that. And it's funny, but just to get them to think uh, about it. And yeah, um, and then I show them like reliable sites, of course. Um, and I kind of I kind of touch into like copyright and stuff like that. So like, look, if you want to, if you're using an image for your homework or for something, Pixabay is a place to go. Stock Vault's a place to go. Here's how you can find copyright-free images on Google Images using the tools and the Creative Commons um, kind of filter. Um, here's how you search up things. So I, I I get into that, and then that moves on into other. Other types of activities, but these are the ones I kind of I do periodically throughout the year. So I've talked maybe about three or four, and I kind of break it up. I don't do it constantly, so I'll do one um, the first part of the year, maybe in the middle, then maybe the end, and then I always have a big like misinformation quiz that I've created. Again, I can provide the link for that, but it's I think it's helpful for them. It's fun for me, and they seem to really enjoy it. That's the other thing that I'm noticing is that they they are engaged in it. They're just um, um, some you know some in some groups some kids are going to fall for stuff or believe stuff uh, more than others and there's some really great YouTube videos you can show that I don't think have been completely mined yet so there's one called uh, if you just go on YouTube and type in girl uh, oh no snowboarder chased by bear 
they can discuss that one. There's one about a man who jumps into Sydney Harbor and comes face to face with the Great White. And I think um, I was trying to think if there's another one, but those two I use as well, um, kind of alongside the, the the pig saves the goat one. They're all fake, of course, but um, the girl getting chased by the by the bear is quite interesting because I get them to kind of analyze that. You know, not just is it real or fake? Why? Like, what do you think? And they have to kind of like find a source, a reliable source that tells us why. And there's there's a great article on. Um, uh, global Canada website, and, which is supposed to be reliable, and there's National Geographic has done a thing on it as well. So stuff like that, and I hope that's useful. <laughs> and uh, those links will be there. But um, uh, I find these really helpful to do throughout the year, and I think the students really enjoy them. So I hope you do as well. That's it. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>